In today's episode, you'll hear me share my ideas for a Christmas play I'm writing for my children's church kids to perform on December the 10th. Normally, I don't like to share my ideas with others until I've organized my thoughts and have a clear direction for my story. Even then, I really like to wait until I've actually written the story. The League of Adventurous Authors, however, has changed that. In addition to weekly check-ins to share wins and goals, AI character or setting art play days and Q&A days, we also have author spotlight sessions. During these spotlight sessions, one author reads a snippet of a story he's written and the members have a chance to provide feedback. In the spotlight session you'll hear today, I am the author sharing a story idea, and then you'll hear the feedback discussion that followed. Feedback that helped me gain clarity about my story so that I was able to write a better draft of the script after this meeting. I have one round of revisions I want to complete before finalizing the script, and I'll share it here on the podcast as we get closer to Christmas. If you're interested in becoming a member of the League of Adventurous Authors, mark your calendars for December 27th when membership reopens. For now, listen in as I share my story ideas and how I used AI to help me write a bad first draft of the play I'm writing. Let's get to it! This is the Christmas story. This is what we want people to understand that, hey, this is God's goal. He loves us and he wants us to have faithful fellowship with him now and in eternity. So yay, before the fall, everything was great. Woohoo! But then our sin broke that fellowship because he's holy. He can't fellowship with us. So we got a problem. So his great desire, he wants to redeem us from our sins and restore that fellowship with us. And so he sent his son who lived a holy life who died on the cross, who rose again, so we can live in heaven. So this is the this is what God wants, and this is how he's fulfilling that. And so what he gives us, we've got to learn how to receive that gift. So we got to confess our sins, believe that Jesus is the Christ, and then we get to receive not only eternal life, but his grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, and his peace. So these are the things that we get to receive now. So that's like the crux of it, that just understanding Hey, we want to receive good things from God. So we need to learn how to both give and receive. And so I was like, yeah, let me see if I can get ChatGPT to help me write this play. So I just told ChatGPT what ideas I wanted to include. I want to see what ChatGPT would come up with. So when we give to people who don't have the physical or financial ability to reciprocate, we bring joy to those people. We can't improve their life circumstances, but we can help them feel loved and valued and important. Giving to those who can't give back helps us understand the kind of relationship God wants with us. We ask, he gives. If we don't ask, we don't receive. If the kids don't ask for something specific, we guess. That guess could miss the mark. God never misses the mark, though. He knows what we desire, and he knows if our desires align with his or if they are selfish. Sometimes when we ask, he says no because the timing isn't right, our motivation doesn't please him, we're not ready to handle what we're asking for, or maybe what we think we want isn't really the best thing for us. Sometimes when we ask, he says yes and blesses us with blesses us with exactly what we ask for or more. If we ask for superficial things, we'll get superficial gifts. Instead of asking to get things, we should ask ask to receive goodness. Solomon asked to receive wisdom. When making our Christmas lists, we should ask for things that will improve our lives. It could be something tangible, or it could be an experience, an adventure, a coach to help build a skill or a course. We don't have to ask for the tangible things. We can ask for the intangible, like quality time with a loved one. We should give to understand the joy God feels when we ask for what we want from him, and then he blesses us with that ask. We should ask for what we want so we can be clear about our desires and help others know how to bless us with gifts. We should receive to connect. 
We should say thanks with a grateful heart and let ourselves feel the goodness of God and we're blessed with gifts given to us by people who care for us. The only gift that can change a life is the gift of Christ. We celebrate Christmas to remember that gift. Christ was born of a virgin, lived a holy life, died on the cross, and rose again three days later so he can redeem us from our sins and restore us to faithful fellowship with God. And so then I tell ChatGPT, hey, outline a script. ChatGPT was, of course, thrilled that I asked him this. So he gives an outline, small Christmas tree with decorations, wrapped gift boxes, sample backdrop of a living room, small table. So we got scene one, the joy of giving. We got Leslie and some kids. And then Leslie's bustling around, organizing gifts, talking about the importance of giving to those in need. She emphasizes how it's not about receiving. The older kids help her wrap the gifts, expressing their joy in being able to give. Two younger kids come in excitedly, each holding a small handmade card for Leslie, thanking her for her kindness. So Leslie gently refuses the cards, insisting that she doesn't really need anything in return for her deeds. The older kids, as the wise children, do the older kids notice Leslie's refusal and gather to share stories of what they've asked God for Christmas, emphasizing not just presents, but qualities like kindness, patience, and courage. One child recounts the story of Solomon asking for wisdom, connecting with how they should ask for meaningful things in life. They gently confront Leslie about her refusal to receive the cards, explaining that receiving with gratitude is also a blessing. And then the children express that when they ask from the heart, it helps others to give joyfully, just like God gives to us. And then we come to scene three, the end. Leslie sits down, thinking of what the children said. She picks up the letter to God written by the children, which talks about their wishes for Christmas, both tangible and intangible. The younger kids return, shyly offering the cards again. Leslie accepts them with a warm smile, finally understanding the lesson. An older kid wraps up the play, summarizing the message about the importance of receiving with a grateful heart. Leslie acknowledges the cards and expresses her heartfelt thanks, explaining that she now understands the joy of receiving as it connects us to the giver and ultimately to God's goodness. The entire cast gathers around the Christmas tree, holding their gifts and cards, and sings a short Christmas carol to, that encapsulates the joy of giving and receiving. So that's just a, what ChatGPT had in mind. I had not that in mind <laughs> for my script, but I was like, yeah, let's see what it gives us. And then just out of curiosity, I'm like, let's see what ChatGPT, how they would write this first scene. So Leslie, all right, team, we've got a lot of joy to spread this Christmas. Each one of these gifts is going to light up someone's day. Older kid, look, Leslie, I wrapped this one with a gold ribbon, just like you showed me. Leslie, with a warm smile, that's beautiful. You've got talent there. Remember, every fold, every piece of tape, it's all a part of our message of love. Not ever something I would say. So then, older kid, it's like we're wrapping little bits of happiness. Leslie, exactly. And the best part is we're giving to those who might not be able to give anything back to us. That's the true spirit of Christmas, isn't it? Giving without expecting anything in return. Younger kid, um, Leslie, we made these for you, for helping us and, and for being nice. Leslie, oh, you sweethearts, that's very thoughtful. But you see, I don't need any gifts. I'm happy just to see you all smiling. That's more than enough for me. Younger kid, but we wanted to give you something too, like you give us. Leslie, and I love that you do, but I'm here to give, not to receive. That's what makes Christmas special for me. Older kid. Oh, I think I get it, Leslie, but isn't there something special about getting a gift too? Oh, maybe for some, but all I've, I've got all the joy I need right here. Older kid. Okay, if you say so, let's keep wrapping these presents then. All right, let's make sure these presents are ready to go. We've lot of, got a lot of giving to do. And that, to me, it oozes with sappiness. And it just doesn't feel real. What are your thoughts? How can we draft a play what would you like to see in this play? Thoughts, ideas, throw them at me. 
the stage and setting is interesting to me because it makes me think of something like Operation Christmas Child or um, Toys for Tots or something like that. But then also it's in just a room and it doesn't say what the room is. So initially I was picturing, oh, like these are, well, you have, um, how old were the kids again that were, I can't remember, you said. Three to 12, I think. Yeah, the kids are ages three to twelve. I imagine okay, like the okay. older kids. I'm gonna give some, the some speaking parts. Like there are about four of them that would be capable of okay. doing a good job, and then a couple of the younger kids having a line here or there. Yeah, like when I initially saw it, like I've, I imagine like a like setting it up like a room at a church where you've got right. a table and a table, like some kids are over here wrapping presents and you've got yeah. some, you know, you know, kids are over here, you know, coloring pictures. And so it's a, it's like a room. I'm, I'm imagining a room at the church, not a, a cozy living room. That's, that's yeah, what yeah. I saw um, in my head for this first scene. This is, this is what chat GPT gave me. And now we, we take that and we say, Okay, so at least it's better than having a blank page to work with. Right. It's okay. We've got this, and it may not be good, but at least it's something. How do we make it better? That's that's where we are now. We've got a bad draft. I consider this a bad draft of a play. How do we make it better? My first thought that I was going to say was a the setting, and then which you just clarified, and then b. I don't know that it like. To me, how would I explain this? So like gifts for me are something that have a very large weight to them. So I I don't know that gifts is a love language for me, but the thought behind gifts is. And so for me, if I receive a gift, that is like the kind of like choke me up kind of thing that, that really gets to me. And it doesn't matter what the gift is because I'm more concerned with the heart posture behind the gift and the intentionality behind the gift. I remember getting a gift once from family and I absolutely, we were all like in the same room, you know, exchanging gifts. And I did not like the gift at all. I was little and I was having a little difficulty, you know, because I was little, but I remember my mom and dad talking to me about it and me knowing that it doesn't matter what the gift was. It was the intentionality behind the gift. That stage is in my mind. And then I think, well, like I enjoy getting gifts, obviously. But I think a lot of people do. And I think not getting a gift or not wanting to get a gift is more of a learned habit that maybe an older person would have. That's kind of how it strikes me. I've never met a kid who doesn't want to get a gift. Yeah. And it's more right. towards wanting the adult in the scene to remember that Yes, you don't just give. You've got to be willing to receive as, as well. So the kids right. who know how get excited about getting gifts, the kids who understand what it's like to just be blessed with it's gifts, the way God wants to just bless us abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Now we got to make sure that our desires are in line and that you know we're not just being greedy. But it's, hey, it's okay to want things. It's okay to ask God for things. And the kids remember what that's like. And the adults have gotten out of that. I know, at least personally for me, it's, oh, yeah, I'm I'm God's child. 
God wants, God tells me, he tells us in Matthew, hey, ask and you shall receive. And how much more does, as you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more can I give to you? And he tells us in James, hey, you don't have because you don't ask. Or you ask and you don't get because you ask amiss. You may spend it on your desires. So it's it's putting all of the pieces together and having the kids in this story remind the adult that it's it's all it's also we want to give and we want to receive so that we can receive God's gift that he gave to us through his son. So we can receive his gift of salvation plus all of the abundance of goodness that he wants to give us above and beyond salvation. Yeah, my brain was just wondering, like, how do we make it believable that whichever yes. character doesn't want to receive the gift? Maybe it could be like, oh, well, kid grew up and their family doesn't have the money for those kinds of things. And so the view of those things, the family view, like the parent, the parental view is, oh, like these things don't really mean anything. And so it's a it's a distorted view to comp you know, distorted view, because we know that the gift doesn't hold any value in itself. It's what's behind the gift physically. You know, God's gifts aren't physical all the time. Sometimes they are. Um, but it's always what can you do with the gift that makes the difference, uh, whether that's bless someone with money, whether that's get wisdom and be able to help people, you know, tangible and intangible gifts always have an intangible impact. How do we make it so that the kid or whoever believes that they don't need to receive gifts or like they shouldn't be receiving a gift and just make that you know believable because like you said it's a it's a rough draft i'll leave the table open so for me um my family doesn't celebrate christmas so i as far as what that environment looks like i'm definitely not familiar with that because last time we celebrated christmas was in 2012 um so it's been quite some time for me that said the only thing that seemed a little odd I could understand all of it, but I come from a different perspective. But the biggest thing that seems odd to me is that she would actually reject the gifts and not just shyly um, receive them from pure pressure. So it's making uh, make understandable what has happened to her, that not only does she not like really care about gifts, because that's understandable. Somebody who just doesn't really care. Like, that's me. Like, I don't really yeah. care about gifts much. Like, I want to know the person. Like, I don't want to, like, go do things with people. If I really like you're my best friend. I'm just happy to argue about really stupid stuff and hang out. We can argue about comic book <laughs> characters for all I care. Right. I'm going to hang out with you, not because of wanting to do stuff with you. So what has happened that not only does she not want the gift, not only does she not like gifts, but she doesn't want it. And what would push her beyond that? And and what, I, what I'm trying to get across is that it's like when, you, like even receiving something as simple as a compliment, understanding that, yeah, okay, somebody gives you a compliment and it's just a thank you instead of a, okay, all right, you gave me a compliment now, I need to compliment you back. So it's that it's not an exchange of something. Like when somebody asks you over for dinner, it's like, okay, well, what can I bring? It's understanding that it's, no, hey, we're inviting you to dinner. Just bring yourself. So instead of, so instead of that trying to reciprocate everything, understanding that, yeah, just receive because we can't do anything that's 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 the gift of salvation. It's we're not reciprocating anything. It's just understanding how to receive without having to do anything. When we can understand how to receive, we can receive God's gift of salvation. I'm still I'm not sure if I'm being clear because it's still all. But that's I, that's kind of the idea that it's not about 
exchanging things. It's not about um, trying to outgive other people. It's about receiving it. Maybe she doesn't reject the gift, and um, but just that she's so focused on giving that she doesn't know how to receive. That's the that's what we want to convey. And how can we do that? And we've got six minutes to figure it out. I totally think I totally get the point. Um, maybe she does, but maybe I don't maybe it shouldn't I don't know how dialogue heavy you want it to be. I also feel like we're maybe reading into this way too much. Um <laughs> but maybe she just like brings it up to the older friend that she was just talking to. Again, rough draft so we can change and throw in, pull out, whatever, whatever we need yep. want need. Um but if we're keeping it sort of like this, then maybe she can receive the gifts, but then talk to that person just in passing. That might be too many words. I don't know. But like, oh, this kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. And then it becomes more of a dialogue processing instead of um, her rejecting the gift as an action. Yeah. And maybe it can be like all the the kids, you know, they're talking about these kids. Maybe they're talking about what they want for Christmas. And then they ask her, and she was like, oh, no, I don't really want anything. Because that's that's a typical, that can be a pretty typical response from an adult. No, yeah, because you're around all these kids. Yeah, no, I don't really want anything. It's kind of like, yeah, I've I've grown past that. But it's, we shouldn't grow past wanting to let other people show us their love. And it's, like I said, it's the thought. It doesn't have to be things. It's about, okay, this person, they want to be generous. They want to, they want to get me something. And then I just tell them, yeah, no, thanks. I don't need anything. That's, that's the problem that we're, we're denying that person the ability to be generous and to show us their love for us, whether that's, and um, like, I would prefer like, going on like doing something with somebody as Mm -hmm. opposed to just getting stuff it's that connecting with people so you want to get me something okay where do you want to go what do you want to do that's what you can get me so being able to understand that it's not just about you don't have to get me something but you want to do something nice for me okay i'm going to give you some ideas as to um, and just changing the kinds of things that we ask for, maybe as well. Um, Chat GPT but... is also very generic when it comes to this kind of thing. It doesn't want to centralize on any specific belief, it wants to keep it abstract. And yep. so that's why it's like, uh, remember every fold, every piece of tape, it's all part of our message of love. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, well, it's keeping it generic on purpose. It's saying that, yeah. right, it's both physicalizing everything because we live in a world, in a culture here, where the spiritual realm is completely denied. Yeah. And everything is only exactly materialistic and physical. There is no other world or existence or reality. And then secondly, inside of that, there's also no center truth or any owning compass. And so love becomes abstract and that creates all sorts of contradictions and problems. So that's where that's coming from. And like you said, you're like, that is not something I would say. You you paused reading to to make that note. Um, so yeah, this will need a lot of work. 
obviously. Yeah. Um, More likely a complete but, revamp, but hey, I'd rather revamp something than be staring at a blank screen. Is the scene and setting good? Like the idea of more of the the modern like era just happening almost as if it's real time instead of being something that happens in the past or the future, just yeah, like this Christmas. 1969. Right. It's not like a biblical play, like Bible. Right. Story. Yeah. Right. It's not like future laser gun play. It's like right here in this moment, this Christmas yes. 2023. Mm-hmm. So the setting yep. is good. Okay. Yep. Then it's just moving the characters inside of that. All right, cool. Yeah. I guess that helps inside of what we actually got done. Yeah. It's nice uh, talking it through. And okay. Now I got to revamp it because we got to, like I introduced the idea to the kids yesterday, but we've got to start rehearsing so that we're ready to uh, perform on December 10th. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can thank me is by leaving a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will it help me know what you're thinking, but it will also help others on a quest to write a novel discover the show. After you leave that review, I invite you to click on over to authordkdrake.com. There you can become a DK Drake Insider, secure your free starter library, and access all the books from the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga that are available for sale on Amazon. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight.